Here's something I'm curious about. What is going on with all of these divorces? According to the data from the CDC, 37.5% of all marriages between the years of 2000 and 2020 have ended in divorce. As recent newlyweds, Floyd and I have been discussing the concept of marriage, divorce, and how we can make sure that we stay on the same page to maintain a healthy marriage. Within some of those discussions, we have talked about all of the different relationship types that we could research, and we are going to go over some of those with you right now. So we are inviting you to join us on this compelling discussion to go over not only our views about marriage, how we arrived at the decision to get married, but also some of the different relationship types that we research together. Welcome, everyone, to the Curiosity Matters podcast. I am your host, Floyd Wesley, and here with my lovely wife, Courtney. We have brought it to you today. Marriage. In effect. Yeah. What you think about that? I mean, well, for us, personally, I'm excited to be married. Um, It's not something that... I always saw for myself, but it makes sense for us now, and I'm excited to be married to you and to just have that different level of security in our relationships as we move forward as partners in every way. Right. So in our intro, we, excuse me, in our intro, we did touch on the dynamic of marriage and particularly these divorce rates, 37.5%. And that's significant, substantial. To me, that's, I mean, if you think about it, that's like, what, a little less than half. I mean, that's not that far away from half. So I think that it does point to an interesting dynamic when we think of the concept of marriage. Right? I think it it, it points to a couple of different things. Um, Like we were talking about before, um, less people are probably just looking to get married nowadays because there are less practical reasons that would force people to get married. But also, I mean, personally, I have not seen a lot of happy or healthy marriages. So as an adult, why would I just make that my goal in life to get married? Whereas before... Women had to be married to be able to function in life. And I think it's important to point to some of the stigma uh, surrounding divorce. And we've seen this happen actually going both ways, I think, in popular media. I mean, obviously, um, when it comes to divorce, there's a lot of stigma. Um, financially, it can be impactful. Psychologically, I mean, sometimes you hear people, you know, consoling, you know, other people about them getting divorced. Sometimes it's like a celebration, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's like almost akin to, hell, a new a birth and a death, you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like there's a lot... Of stigma and it, it, you hear a lot about it. I feel like divorce is almost synonymous with stress. 
I mean, it is. It's, if, um, it's one of the most stressful moments in your life. Um, but I, I guess I do see how the stigma of divorce could stop people from getting married overall because if you're worried that you may not find the person that is your one-all to be-all or even that if you are not even aware that what it really takes is the skills and commitment to the union, then why would you choose to do that if it's not something that is practical for your life? Right, so let's talk about that, I mean, for a second. I mean, obviously getting married for example i mean we were down there um getting you know getting our paperwork right and uh at the courthouse Mm -hmm. and we saw another couple young couple it looked like to me a little bit younger than we are and you know handing in their papers at the same time now i mean look i'm not trying to be a dick but with this 37.5 rate going on what do you think is a probability? Obviously, it could go either way. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, they, they didn't have no money. I mean, and I'm not trying to say that it's uh, I mean, all about money. That's now, not what I'm saying. I, I, it's not all about money, but it is. I mean, y'all should at least have a place to live. Like, I remember, not to say well, I was eavesdropping, but I mean, a little bit I was. Because um, while we was waiting for the lady to, like, do her thing on the computer, I heard them over there talking about... Uh, so what address should we put down? I'm like, so you're going to get a marriage license. Clearly, you don't live together. That's not necessarily a problem. But you haven't even agreed on what address you're going to start your marriage from. And the response was someone else's house. It wasn't even either one of their addresses. It was like someone named Kevin. It's like, okay, so the address on the marriage license is going to be Kevin's house. That was just decided within... The, in that moment while they're filling out the marriage license. And I think that just speaks to, like, the, the, it, their marriage was probably an impulsive decision and there probably was not a lot of lack of planning. It doesn't take money for a marriage to be successful, but, like, planning is kind of important w- with something like this. And there's some key words, I think, to me that stuck out, like planning, success, um, preparation, and then that to me begs the question, like, what is marriage about? You know what I mean? Which may give us some insight into this third divorce rate. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when somebody obviously makes a decision to get married, we think of that as being a lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, we in this thing for life, shorty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It begs the question, like, you know, what is it about? You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you talk about success, whenever we talk about success in any other regard, we talk about things that need to be done in order to access or to get there, right? You know, why should we think of marriage as being any different? Hmm. I think that maybe that's a part of this. Because what is the... You know what I mean? When we're talking about. Well, I think that would be different for each couple. And maybe that's the problem is that they're making an emotional decision about something that really impacts every aspect of their life. And instead of sitting down and talking about taxes and finances 
and any future business goals or dreams or aspirations and how that may affect the family or any family that they may or may not want to have. They're like, oh, I love you so much. Let's get married. And it's like, that's great because a successful marriage does need love. But there are so many other things that people need to consider. So let's talk about it for just a second. Because to me, I feel like this would be good for both of us. Um, Maybe this is putting you on the spot a little bit. But <laughs> I'm going to put it like this. To you, you know, what do you, what do you answer? What is, you, what is marriage, you know, to you? To me? Yeah. It is a constant commitment to a relationship to, with a partner that you choose to do life with. And when I say do life, that means anything that you all agree is going to be your goal as a couple, as your partner. So for us, we're doing this podcast together. We're starting several businesses. We're starting a family. Like those are the things that we have decided are our goals that we're working towards. However, other people, their marriage might have other things. So to me, it really just boils down to like marriage is a constant commitment to a union, to someone that you're going to do life with. Like, I expect you to be there for all the major things that I want to do in life, whether it's going through the mud or being at the top of the mountain celebrating. All right. No, no, all right. Now, let me tell you. what's yours? I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I'm coming (laughs) with it. I was ready. Don't worry. (laughs) And I I ain't going to lie. Listen, I'm going to tell anybody else listening right now. You can tell me at curiositymatters5280 at gmail.com if you disagree i invite you to email me and tell me why you disagree but i'm gonna tell you right now anybody that listen to what i'm about to say if you follow what i'm about to say you will never have to suffer the shame humiliation the the hurt of divorce oh my goodness (laughs) is this a guarantee is this a floyd wesley guarantee this is a floyd wesley guarantee (laughs) Now, that's not to say that, you know, that nobody, listen to say this. If you follow these instructions, you will only always, never, you will never fail. Man, what's the instructions? What are you talking about? This, okay, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is how I view it. Marriage is a corporation. And so I, was, I would say like this. First of all, let's look at the term corporation. It's cooperation. It's a cooperation. So those are two different words. Well, but I when see we, where you're going with when this. we put it together, um, we get the corporation. So, you know, let's break that down when we're talking about what does a corporation do? You know, a corporation is now an entity that's about a common interest of the partners. Well, okay, so I just looked up the definition, and it's a corporation is, can be defined as a company or group of people authorized to act as a single entity, quote unquote, legally a person, and recognized as such in law. So I will say, legally, a marriage can't be considered a corporation, but I do I do see where you're going with the concept of that it's a single entity authorized well, it is to a move conceptual together. Thing. Um, yes, it is a conceptual thing. And that's also important to keep in mind for anybody that when we talk about marriage, we also have to keep in mind that 
and this is something we'll delve into further on in the in the episode, but um other relationship types. Keep in mind, for example, in the Bible, wait, King wait, David. Wait, 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 wait. So your definition, I want to make sure I understand, of a marriage is that it's a corporation. I'm not saying well, hold on. Well, this is what I'm saying. Now, this is now when I say a corporation, this is what I'm trying to get at. Imagine as yourself, okay? And this is how you can avoid getting into, I'll say at least, maybe this will not guarantee nobody will get a divorce. I'll backtrack, okay? I'm going to walk that back right now. (laughs) But what I will say is, is that it is a highly likelihood that you may avoid a frivolous marriage at the very least. Because it's not about... Any longer what you are trying to do, okay? Look at it like this. If you are hired as the CEO of Ford, okay, that comes along with a lot of responsibility. And now your conduct that you can, how you conduct yourself in public, in your personal life, does affect the image of Ford Motors. You see what I'm saying? So you no longer can make decisions the same way as you would if you was not the CEO of Ford Motors. I agree, because you can't be out here acting single like you ain't my husband. Right. And I can't be out here doing that either, like I ain't your wife. Right. And I mean, and it's, and, and it's, And I mean, it goes from that level of, you know, obviously your personal conduct, how you carry yourself, you know, in public among the fair sex, but also how you conduct yourself in other manners and other ways, financially, um, psychologically, and these types of things. You know what I'm saying? It's a level of responsibility that you're bringing to it. So in other words, it's just like if you're the CEO of Ford Motors, when you when you come in to work at Ford Motors, you know, you ain't going to come into work driving in a Jeep. OK, so I just want to. OK, so that's very interesting what you're saying. So it just occurred to me that my view of marriage is like when I think about marriage, I'm like, cool, I got someone to do life with. But that's a, from a woman's my a female perspective. But as a man, hearing you talk about marriage, it sounds like it is about responsibility mostly for you. Well, yeah, because that's what you're signing up for. And the reason why I say that is because you have this cooperation with another person. And so we have to be able to respect that as being what it is. We are people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it takes a level of understanding to to understand on a fundamental level, like about people and about responsibility. You know what I mean? Because it's it's that simple. It's it's that simple how in just imagine two people in a boat and the only way to get from in the middle of this water is by rowing the boat. And if one person is not willing to put the effort in, well, then what, you know, think about the dynamic that's going to occur for the other, for the person, for the other person, 
eventually they're going to want to respond because they're going to say, man, we're trying to get to land and I don't want to die out here at sea, but you ain't rowing the boat. I mean, I get that. So that's why to me, that's, that's partnership because in a partnership, everyone has equal responsibility for themselves. Um, because I can't expect you, like you said, to be rowing the boat and I'm just in there chilling and eating cheese and crackers. Right. We ain't going to get to our destination if both of us are not responsible for the work that we need to put in to move us forward to the common goal. Right. And to me, that to me brings me to where I feel that I see a lot of the breakdowns in just my personal perspectives from where I see now, one of the things that does happen, I feel that's fair enough, is just people grow apart. You know what I mean? And that's something that happens. And I feel like it can be totally, perfectly reasonable people, you know, that are compassionate, love one another. But that at some point just say, hey, you know what? Let's just be friends. You know what I well, mean? Well, see, and that, that to me is why I say marriage is a constant commitment. Because in every instance where I've heard of that people growing apart, it's because they focus more on doing life together rather than committing to the relationship and still dating each other, still doing romantic things and being in service to each other. Right. Like that's how you grow apart is when you just look at it like strictly a partnership. Like, okay, I just basically have a roommate that helped me with the bills. Like that, that's, that, that's how that happens. And, that's what I mean when I say you got to be willing to actually do your part because I can't always expect you to be the only person to plan dates. But see, now, now I'm going to have to backtrack. I also got to do that. No, I got you. But see, now I'm going to have to backtrack because I feel like when I, when, I, when I say partnership, I don't feel that that drives it home when you said roommates that we pay bills. Well, yeah. Once you grow apart with someone um, and you're no longer actually engaged in any type of romantic relationship with them, then that's what it can feel like. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah. Um, so yeah, the romance. Um, so that's something that if the romance dies, okay, you got to keep the romance. Um, but when we're talking about failed marriages, um, like I said, one of the most common things that I see is when people are not on the same page, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times what happens is that people kind of get a little bit tunnel vision, you know, about what it is they're particularly trying to achieve with this marriage. It could be one thing. I agree. And I, what I, from my perspective, all the people that I know that have gotten divorced, they got married either because of societal or familial pressure and not actually understanding what that marriage was going to mean for their lives. Or they married someone based off of an impulsive emotional um, reaction instead of actually thinking, is this the right thing for me? Is this person going to fit in with what I want? And so that could mean like that person may be a, a chronic cheater. But that just means, to me, that tells me, okay, so this person does not actually want to be monogamous. But have they done the self-reflection to even see if that they want another type of relationship? 
And that to me is a really big reason why a lot of people end up in divorces because they meet someone, they like them, they got all the butterflies, but they don't do that real deep work to say, okay, well, what do you need out of a relationship? What do I need? What does that look like if we want to do this together? And, 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 and you, to me, there was the key underlying term that I caught early on in that was societal pressure. And I feel like that's a whole nother topic. I mean, that, that could be unpacked because when you talk about societal pressure, particularly to get married, mm-hmm. and I mean, it kind of, it takes shape as it takes shape in all different ways, mm-hmm. in a multitude of different ways. Obviously, I mean, sometimes it could be, um, a lot of times, I think, is it a religious thing? A lot of times, I feel like sometimes it could be a religious thing. Sometimes it's TV, the status quo. I, I mean, mean, what is it? <laughs> I feel like it is partly religious, partly financial, partly practical. So on the religious side of that, this country was founded off of religious principles. They say there's a separation between church and state. But based off of, you know, the recent decision to repeal Roe versus Wade, we all know that's not always necessarily true. And for the financial aspect, you know, it's plenty of people trying to marry up out here. Um, that's the fastest way to increase your wealth is to marry someone and marry into a family that already got the wealth. And then from a practical sense, um, shoot, we know these rent prices is crazy out here. We are lucky enough to be able to afford to live alone should we have chosen to but it makes the most practical sense for us to be together when it comes to these bills and all of that stuff so that's why i say there's a practical in that re- sense there's a financial sense and then there's a religious aspect of it let me ask you this do you feel there could be a malicious Marrier, what would you call it? A what? A malicious, matrimonious, felonious (laughs) individual. I I mean, I'm saying, okay, because I'm looking at it like this. Because, yeah, like you said, okay, now we're looking at in terms of marriages being a business or not a business, but in terms of being a hustle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Essentially. Um, Yeah. It's plenty. We already know about gold diggers. Like the 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 main thing is for them to try to meet a wealthy man, get him to marry them without a prenup, and then like divorce, get the money and move on. This is something that I this but is even a question. From the, oh, sorry, go ahead. This is a question I want to pose to our listeners, and you can answer send it, send feedback to uh, curiositymatters fifty two eighty at gmail dot com. This is what I wonder: Should there be repercussions? Behind someone who essentially conned themselves into a marriage, mm. portray a certain way in order to marry someone, because that's the whole thing about a con, right? Is mm-hmm. essentially you're signing up for it. You know, they trick you into signing up for it. So, but the the whole idea of the the con is the deceit behind it all. Yeah, so I mean, it's like theft by deception. 
You know what I mean? Should something like that be included, like, when people well, are talking about divorces? I think that the, some states, um, now, I'm not a family law expert, but I am sure that some states do have something on the books for that, just to protect people. Um, like, if you presented yourself as a certain way, and then you get married, and the person finds out that, like, if you pre- presented yourself as financially stable and then you get married and your spouse finds out you're actually a couple million dollars in debt like that i'm sure could even be grounds for an annulment rather than a divorce to make it like the marriage never happened in the first place yeah but it may take extensive i mean depending on how long it takes litigation (laughs) you know what i mean and sometimes things like that could be difficult to prove in court you know what i mean to prove especially if you to prove Oh, yeah. Someone's intentions are like, what's going on in their head? What were they thinking when they did it? Because it's people do stupid things all the time. People do things that under pressure. People do things that, yeah. you know, people do things because they're hungry. I mean, now, if the question is, is there such thing as malicious, what you say, matrimonious, felonious individuals? Yeah, we should, yeah. <laughs> then I would say, yeah, of course, there definitely are. Now, is that provable in court? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there should be some kind of, some kind of litigation. There should be some kind of law, you know? We need to get the law experts Why on Why are you this. so worried about this? You think I'm defrauding you or something, Mr. No, 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 no. No. It's just one of those things where it's an ongoing topic. And I mean it happens, you know. There's no question that predatory marriages, man, that thing is that stuff is going on, you know? I mean it's a hustle like anything else. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I I definitely am not saying I advocate for the deceit, but I'm saying if you find yourself in a position where you feel like marrying some tying yourself to somebody legally through marriage is your best bet at becoming financially stable, I ain't going to knock your hustle because people are out here working 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week. And if that's all you got to do is marry somebody, what's you? What I'm going to be mad at you for? We all out here trying to survive. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, just be kind to one another. We should try to be kind to one another. I agree. I, I don't think that deceiving someone is the right way to go. I do think that if that's your goal... You should be upfront about it because I'm I'm here to deceive you. Not here to, to deceive you, know. you more like <laughs> I am here square. to gain a better lifestyle and that is an aspect of why I'm attracted to you. Like be honest. Because if you're gonna be married, it's gonna come out one way, shape, or form. One way or the other. Yeah, keep it real. And that's really the key, I would say, to avoid frivolous marriage is keep it real. On that note, I would like <laughs> Hopefully, keeping it real don't go wrong. <laughs> it always does. On that note, I would like... Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back um, to go on a part two of our discussion. We're going to explore a little bit into some of the other relationship types that are out there that people are, people are turning to these days. Stay tuned. So, we're back here on our discussion about marriage. The romantic relationship. Different types of romantic relationships. They do exist. This is not just marriage. <laughs> did you forget we did marriage already? <laughs> no. Well, yeah. But no, 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 no. 
But here's the thing, okay? We did talk a little bit about marriage, what it is to us, um, and kind of, you know, some of the distortions that we've seen around it from our perspective. But there's some other options out there. And I think that it's important to note, I mean, more and more people are turning to these other options. And I feel that it's important to note this 37.5% indicates that maybe it is worthwhile for people to think about some other types of options or at least maybe even explore because I feel like curiosity matters. You got to be curious about different things, explore them, learn more about yourself and who you really are. Agreed. Because, I mean, you know, maybe you got to try a couple of orgies, you know what I mean? Before you realize, hey, you know, I like the one-on-one thing. But not I. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but if that's for you, no judgment. But that definitely, yeah, the the traditional marriage of the the monogamous marriage that we all are uh, have in mind or that we see on TV most of the time, that doesn't always work for people. And we've we've seen a lot of people like um, be open about it, like Will and Jada Smith about their open relationship or their open marriage, and they've gotten backlash about it. And it's so interesting. Rightfully so. You said rightfully so about yeah. their backlash. Yeah. Well, I, I don't believe that they should receive backlash about doing stuff that works for them. No, 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 no. It ain't working though. How is it not not working? We saw the evidence live on TV. We saw that they got a great marketing team and they some good actors. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, now, uh, there was some speculation that that the slap was fake. I personally did speculate that the slap was fake, but... Oh, I wasn't even talking about that. That's what I was talking about. I mean, that that was the culmination... Yeah, that's the culmination of all these antics that they that we had been seeing, and it and it all boiled up to that moment where this dude lost his marbles, went up there and slapped poor Chris Rock up there. Did you say poor Chris Rock? Now we're not about to make that man no victim. On that day, he was he was victimized by a much much larger man. Was okay, so both him and Jada were both victims. That's what you're trying to say. Who Will and Jada? No. Chris Rock and Will Smith were both victimized by Jada. What? I didn't say it. You did. No, I said, so you're saying that both of them, both him and Jada are victims, meaning Chris and Jada. I did not say Jada victimized anybody. Why is it? Oh, well, I don't don't agree that Chris was a victim in any way. He got consequences to his actions, but that doesn't make him a victim. Whoa. Now. This is big. No, look, I don't want to go too much into that detail. Because what I was talking about, the only reason I brought them up is because they're one of the most um, famous couples that are that are okay with people discussing their open relationship and their open marriage. And so they're an example of people who have decided what works best for their relationship, and they're doing it regardless of what the rest of society their family or the public has to say about it. Right. Now, 
don't, we, we ain't going to get into the topic of all this slapping and everything. face ended up in the crossfire. Okay, but just like Chris Rock said, <laughs> don't be ta- rocking around, talking all that smack if you can't get smacked. Yeah. So, obviously. But anyway. And that's why I try to be careful about what I say on this podcast. Because I don't want nobody coming to find me trying to, you know. Get mad at Don't me. Don't be mad at me because I'm his wife, y'all. Yeah. yeah. He mad his own person. Something that they said, yeah, <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, because, I mean, that's something that I guess nowadays you have to be aware of is that people will come for you. And, I mean, that's that also accounts, you know, in terms of these relationships, too. Hell, I mean, I don't know if it's happening more now than it has before. I don't know. I don't have any definitive numbers. What do you mean? Oh, What's well, you know, nine, well, you know, um, what do the detectives say? Uh, whenever there's a, a murder, the first suspect is always the spouse or the first prime. Wait a minute. When did we start talking about murder? No, nah, what I'm saying is, is that when the relationship goes off the rails, people get the tripping. <laughs> and like, I'm serious. I'm sorry, though. no. Every time someone says murder, I hear that murder, murder, who? But go ahead. <laughs> Uh, murder, murder, I hear you. Nah, but <clears throat> I'm saying that these are the type of consequences, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it gets real, you know what I mean? Sometimes in some of these relationships, like, you, and you have to be aware of that, you know what I mean? Because. Yeah, because people that are not emotionally intelligent, that have explosive emotional reactions, you don't know what they'll be capable of if they find out that you are going outside of the boundaries that you all have talked about for your relationship. And yeah, or even just be if they're just not emotionally stable. Anybody out there who's in a, a what would you call it? polyamorous relationship or any other poly type of relationship. Well, there's different types of relationships. So there's an open relationship. There's polyamorous relationships. There's casual relationships. Let's, so call, you, it, let's call it alternative. Non-monogamous relationships. Let's call it non-monogamous. Anybody out there that's non-monogamous, send us a line to curiositymatters5280 at gmail.com. Let us know. How does it work out? Because here's my question. Wait, wait. <clears throat> Curiosity Matters Podcast 5280. Oh, Curiosity Matters <laughs> Podcast 5280 at gmail.com. Sorry it's so long, baby. <laughs> <clears throat> it's fine. We will um, we will make we'll it work. We'll fix it later. Yeah, we'll fix it later. But back to my point, how does that work? Because, again, you talk about boundaries. So I want to know, is there somebody out there that's in a relationship where they with somebody who's sleeping with multiple people or sleeping with whatever they want and they just, you know? Yeah, I know someone in that type of relationship. Now, they call it an open relationship, but to me, it sounds like they their partner does not want to be in a monogamous relationship. And so they are allowing them to go and have sex with whoever they want to while they are not doing anything except for with their partner. And I told them, like, if that's what makes you happy, I'm not going to knock it. But that's why I really think at the beginning of a relationship, people need to be honest about who they are and what they want. Because then they end up in situations where somebody is 
like acquiescing to the will of someone else, even though it makes them uncomfortable on the inside. Yeah, and I feel like that's the whole thing, you know, but I, that that brings me to another kind of dynamic. Some people like being abused, you know what I mean? And I feel like, man, that is some strange stuff right there. When you talk about a relationship dynamic, um, how does that work? You know well, what I mean? Yeah. Somebody who who ultimately... They just need therapy? Do they just need therapy? Yes. That's that's what I was going to say. I mean, that really... People who like that type of abuse or are constantly attracted to it or any of that toxicity, it is very, very apparent that they have a lot of trauma in their background and that they have not processed. Like, go to therapy, y'all. It ain't, it ain't going to hurt nobody. Even if you feel like you're doing good in life, go to therapy to make sure you continue to do well in life. Dude, I don't like seeing people get abused, and you know, you hear some some interesting things, and, and and sometimes it just makes me feel for people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, especially when you know that they could be doing better for themselves. Like the the worst thing is when you know someone who's in an abusive relationship, and you know, like, what you're gorgeous or you're very handsome. Like, what what is going on here? But the story that they're telling themselves is that this is the best that they can do. And it just, it sucks so much that you can't show someone how to love themselves better. Like it's their own journey. You know, but you I, can just always support them though. I had a coworker one time, showed to work with a, uh, black eye. It was mm. a dude. He said he had gotten a fight with his woman at home. Mm. I ain't quite know what to make of this. A fight? Is like, he being abused at home? Any man out there that's being abused at home by your woman, email us at curiositymatterspodcast5280 at gmail.com. Tell us your story. It's a lot of men who were raised not to hit women. And it is a lot of women who feel like they can do whatever they want to to a man because... They're smaller. So I know that, like, personally, I've been friends with men who've been in those abusive situations where they're like, I'm not going to put my hands on you because I know that I have much more power behind my head. But that doesn't stop a woman who is not mature enough to understand that she should also not be putting her hands on him. Do men end up in them type of relationship? Like, yeah. Because it's possible for a man to end up in the same type of rela- like abusive DV relationship, like how you see sometimes on stories, uh, Hallmark. Channel. I mean, it's a little bit different because the power dynamic is different between men and women. But think about like if a woman is the breadwinner um, and the guy doesn't really have no prospects or is financially held in that situation. She could be emotionally abusive and financially abusive to him. Whereas men are usually physically and emotionally abusive, possibly also financially abusive. It's just the power dynamic is different because abuse equals, uh, there's got to be a power imbalance in order for abuse to exist. Any man out there currently right now, uh, if you're hiding away from a terrifying woman, please email, uh, email or man, email us at curiosity matters podcast, 5280 at gmail.com and tell us your story. We would, I would like to hear some interesting stories out there, different 
relationship dynamics. I mean, we may be able to help somebody work through some of these. I mean, I would like to hear through it. So, yes, definitely send us the email. But also, go on and call up a therapist or your local abuse hotline if you really are dealing with that situation. Because while we would like to give you our opinion and help as much as possible... We are not trained therapists, and anyone in that situation really needs some support. So let's talk a little bit about polygamy, or what you know, how these other dynamics. Because I'm in, I've been hearing a little bit that these things are coming back. The multi-wife is multi-husband. I've seen some people on social media saying some things that you know it's becoming more popular. Um, in terms of the multi-spouse relationship. Okay, yeah. So I think, yeah, polygamy would be the mar- the marital or marriage version of polyamory. I believe so. So essentially, polyamory involves one woman. Polyamory involves just more than two people in a couple. And so it can be one person involved with more than one person or everyone can be involved together. Okay. Could there be, I wonder if there's a polygamy society that's like women, a woman at the center with a group of men. I don't know if there's necessarily a society for it, but I have seen examples of those types of relationships um, in social media and just in discussions with people personally, I've heard of definitely that like not necessarily multiple husbands, but where there are multiple people of different sexes or non-binary people or just all different types of ways to make up a polyamorous couple or not couple polyamorous relationship. So. How could that possibly work? You We would have to ask someone that's in one. I mean, I would have to assume, like we've been saying, is that constant communication has to be in the, in the mix. But also, uh, there's got to be an agreement on what the bounds of the relationship are. Because if there are primary partners and secondary partners and tertiary partners, okay, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to have the primary position versus the tertiary position? Does that mean that some people get more time or is it like some people just don't get no sexual relationship at all? Like what exactly is the term of that relationship? Because some polyamorous couples may have some partners who are sexual and some partners who are just there for the emotional connection. So it really just depends. Anybody out there listening, if you do not require sex in a relationship, drop us a line. Curiosity Matters Podcast 5280. Soliciting the aces. The what you mean? The asexual people. Asexual. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting concept because I feel like, what's that about? You know what I mean? I mean, does that mean, like, because, you know, you hear about women sometimes say they've never had an orgasm. I mean, how does that ref- okay, reflect I think in the relationship different. dynamic? So some women that say they've never had an orgasm, 
probably because they've had bad sexual partners. So I think that's a whole nother, whole nother topic of the, of the lack of education around female anatomy and how to actually get women to get to an orgasm. But, um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. What were you I saying? just feel like, yeah, I mean, that's being said. But no, what were you saying right before I said that? I was just asking about the dynamics of how does that affect, you know what I mean? Say, for example, I mean, does that affect a partnership? You know what I mean? Does that affect? That's got to, you know? I, but no, what exactly were you, what you, what were you saying? What I was saying is, does the lack of sexual desire, you know what I'm saying? Like... What's the oh, impact okay. Yes, that? yes, yes. So people who may not have had an orgasm are like asexual people. They they are defined as not having sexual desire at all, not necessarily having not having sexual satisfaction. So they would be people who like have no desire to even attempt sex at all. And so what I've seen online are testimonies from asexual people saying that it's really hard to be in a romantic relationship with someone who has sexual desires because then they feel like they've got to perform for their partner and they don't actually feel comfortable within their identity of not having sexual desires. Right. So I think it like the thing with the, with that is important there is either you're going to have to find someone that either has a very low sex drive. So they're okay with not having a lot of sex or no sex or another asexual person. It's a trip. I mean, the more particular that a person is, you know, obviously, that's where the challenges come in, I think, you know. Yeah, and so that could be the value in people being in polyamorous relationships. Rather than um, looking for one person that can meet all of their very specific needs, that may be why they are seeking out multiple partners. There you go. Yeah, so... And this is, again, why I feel like people should explore. Explore things, especially when you're young. I mean, it's, it's, it's important to gain experience in different avenues. Really, because it kind of helps you define what you really actually really want. You know what I mean? You have to experience some things that you kind of don't like so much. Yeah, but um, also just be safe. So... When you are exploring, whether you are um, entering casual relationships, swiping right on Tinder or Bumble or whatever, just make sure that you're being safe because there are some creeps out there. Um, But also, if you're going to be friends with benefits with somebody, also safeguard your heart. Don't think that just because you're saying that you're going to be friends with benefits, you don't need to define what that means. If you expect that they're not going to have sex with anyone else, you better believe you've got to say that. Indeed, communication, which is enough for another episode. But for today, we're going to call it, I think, there. Um, We want anybody to uh, who's listening, go ahead and uh, go on Facebook to the uh, Curiosity Matters podcast page. Like, uh, subscribe up there. Um, You'll see all kind of updates and new content coming at you. Um, go on Spotify, follow us on Spotify, on Apple Music, 
or wherever it is that you like to get your podcast. And uh, you can stay tuned into all the new episodes and catch them as soon as they come out. All right. Well, I think that does it. Thanks for listening.